Securing your agency's data is paramount. IBM API Connect, integrated with no-name security, offers a tailored solution for federal agencies. Protecting sensitive data isn't just about safeguarding. It's about ensuring availability, recovery, and reliability to support mission-critical operations. As an IBM Platinum Partner, 4Inc. trusts IBM API Connect, integrated with no-name security, for unmatched speed and efficiency in securing, accessing, and ensuring the integrity of vital data. Visit FOURINC.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Westwood One. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat when she wears heels, she strikes oil. (laughs) (laughs) Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? All right, back here on the Morning Rush, we're going to talk with Richard Davenport coming up in just one sec. Get Sam Pittman's thoughts on the schedules. We are live from Radio Row here at SEC Media Days. Hey, WT Equipment, they're right here in the great state of Arkansas. they got eight locations across Arkansas and North Louisiana. They're now open in Springdale. Great-looking store. Have you been up I-49? Just before the Don Tyson exit, you'll see brand new store there to your right. And you'll see all the equipment. Get off there at Don Tyson, uh, loop around, hang a left at the light, go up there to Casey's, hang a right there, and you'll see the entrance down there on 48th Street to get to WT Equipment. They got everything you need, whether it's you know putting up hay and boy, ain't much of that right now, uh, or getting ready for harvest this fall. Hopefully, you've had uh, just enough rain to to get you by. They they got everything you need: sales, service, and parts for that. They also are your source uh, for construction equipment as well. So if you need a compact track loader or an excavator, stop by WT Equipment for that at any of their eight locations. They carry a large selection of new and pre-owned inventory. So when you're ready to invest in a new tractor. Or or other agricultural equipment, stop by WT Equipment or find them online at WTEquip.com. Richard, kind enough to adjust his schedule this morning. We'll get to him coming up in just a bit. He's he's uh, got some stuff for us that we're going to get to. We're going to have Dan Peck, who does stuff for Auburn Sports Radio and ESPN over there. He's going to join us at 7 o'clock to talk about Brian Harson and the Tigers a little bit. Tom Murphy's going to join us live here at 7.20 this morning. Then we'll have Matt Hayes, college football writer that you've known over the years, does a great job with the different connections that he's established. Matt will be on with us later this morning. If you list, if you missed any of our conversations, find them in the Bud Light Next Morning Rush podcast. Supposed to talk to Paul Feinbaum a little later on today. Got a chance to talk with Brad Nessler, Laura Rutledge, and others. 
This has been a great SEC Media Days for content and interviews. And if you're not subscribing to our Hit That Line podcast network, you are are doing it wrong because you wouldn't be able to listen to this conversation unless you're listening to it live with Richard Davenport now as he joins us. Richard, Sam Pittman, he's up there on the podium like he is every single time he's been. I guess it's the third time. And I feel like he had a pretty good pretty good showing yesterday. How how many recruits and high school kids do you think are watching any of these type of, of things when it comes to their future head coaches down here in Atlanta? You know, maybe some of the uh, commitments probably watched it. Maybe some of the guys that uh, they're hot and heavy on maybe watched it. But uh, I, I tend to think most of the kids uh, probably see bits and pieces on Twitter, and that's that's usually how they get their news anyway. So. Uh, I, I, I'm not so sure how many watched the whole thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's like over the top or anything. But those there's clips on Twitter. There's little shenanigans that are that are tossed out. And I know that there, there's probably one or two that have made its way to an Arkansas commit. In Arkansas, speaking of like commits, let's talk about some commits for Arkansas, Richard. With, with, with what they've done so far in this class, and there's only a couple more possible opportunities to add to it. I mean, how how confident are you feeling the staff is right now in, in what they've at least got committed at this point? Uh, you know, well, the one thing that this staff has done is, uh, you know, since they've been here, once they get a kid committed, most of the time they stick, and 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 most of the time that's the case in most most other places, and unless they have a season that uh, things go south and there's rumors of a coach uh, leaving or or something like that. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think this is a I think this shows uh, two or three years of relationships with uh, a lot of these guys. Not not all of them, but some uh, quite a few of them, and that's that's the difference. Once you're you're on campus for two or three years, you're able to build a, a relationship with these kids over a, a year or two year period. That that helps uh, accelerate the uh, recruiting process, and that's why they're they're sitting at 23 commitments and basically done for for the uh, 23 class. And now they they pretty much uh, you know like you said maybe one or two more spots they can pretty much focus on the 24 class, and that that gives them a uh, you know, a little bit of a heads up on that class. That leads me into my next question that I was going to ask you now that you're ahead, who are the prime targets in Arkansas for 24 coming up? And this will be the first class that you're recruiting that, hey, you're going to play the most games or you're going to be right in there and ready to go in Texas and OU join the league, Notre Dame on the schedule or scheduled for 25. You've got a lot to to sell that 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 class of 24 that would be, a, you know, arriving and, and playing some of those key games in this transition in the league. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Walker White, you know, from Little Rock Christian, uh, 24 uh, uh, quarterback that I've been high on since he was he was a freshman uh, uh, for, for for the Warriors, six four, about two fifteen. Uh, arm strength is not a problem with him. Uh, Brian Huff uh, from uh, 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 from the Eastern Arkansas, who uh, is about six three, about. Uh, 210, 215-pound linebacker who I fell in love with as soon as I saw his film. Uh, and he's a guy that still has a lot of uh, a lot of people coming after him. But uh, the 24 class, it's going to be interesting. 
I think I think it has a chance to be above normal as far as the number of uh, guys that uh, they signed from that class in state. Usually, you know, like I said, about five to seven guys usually are what you're looking at in state uh, as far as the caliber of uh, guys that could be SEC uh, talent. And I think that uh, it may go slightly above that. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I think it's going to be a good class. How much does – does travel ball play into football? We've seen it for years in basketball where summer tournaments and travel basketball, you see it in volleyball and baseball and a lot of other sports, but travel football is still a relatively new thing where you're seeing, you know, the 10, 11, 12, 13 year old kids play, but you can start identifying talent. How, how much is that factoring into to the work you do? And how much do you think coaches are looking at the younger ages and trying to identify prospects and some of these, you know, the lack of a better quote, all-star travel teams that, uh, that seem to be popping up everywhere. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's somewhat of a factor at be honest with you, I don't really pay much, too much attention to it. Uh, and there's several reasons why in basketball, you, you have, uh, you, you have evaluation periods where coaches can go out and evaluate talent. And, uh, that, that's, that's difference. That's the difference between basketball and football, football. They don't have that. And, and number two, let's face it, uh, seven on seven versus, uh, full pads and, uh, 11 on 11. It, it's, it's, uh, it, there's quite a bit of difference. And, and I don't think the evaluation process is even close to what it is in basketball. I mean, the basketball, you play, you play regular basketball, uh, with seven on seven. Uh, I mean, you're not really, the, the physicality is not mm-hmm. there. Uh, so you, you really can't uh, evaluate that much. Do, do college coaches watch some, uh, video of that? Yeah, I think they do. But I, I don't think it, it plays as much into to the uh, recruiting process as, say, basketball. We're talking with Richard Davenport this morning live from SEC Media Days. It was funny to hear Sam Richard yesterday get up there and say, when asked about, hey, have, have you arrived yet? It's like, well, the, the basketball program just got to the Elite Eight. The baseball team just went to the College World Series, what Courtney's doing and whatnot. When you look at – what is being recruited to campus right now, maybe compared to, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, have you seen a different caliber of player and athlete overall in the three major sports? How, how much of a change has there been? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, especially with Musk. And it all goes back to usually the head coach and the, and the coaching staff. Uh, I mean, with Musk, it's totally changed. Uh, baseball, I mean, I think you've seen a gradual trend going from, uh, you know, good classes to great classes, you know, nationally ranked uh, top five, uh, top ten classes. Uh, and then, obviously, you've seen the program, uh, you know, uh, elevate also to, to where you, you expect them to be in Omaha almost every year. Now, as far as football, they're, they're, they're definitely trending well. Uh, and after a you know winning uh, nine games, that uh, that's a that's a big start. Now they have to continue to to build on top of that and continue to recruit uh, uh, you know top talent. And I think I think it's going to take a little longer. And football it always does because you're signing anywhere from twenty to twenty five guys. Where in basketball you're only signing you know three to five max uh, most of the time. So uh, as far as high school talent. 
but uh, in football, it's just going to be a it's just going to be a gradual trend if they want to get to the point where they're you know maybe a top, top fifteen class, uh, you know, or or maybe even a top ten class. You have to start winning games. You have to win big games, and you have to be uh, you have to be you know uh, in contention to, for, for for some titles, and then that that uh, that helps your pro- progress in the, in the recruiting. Anytime that you can get publicity for your football program, it's good. Yesterday, the SEC Network announced that SEC Nation is coming to town for week one when you take on Cincinnati. Uh, Now, Richard, when you think about just different ways to elevate and attract people to your program, I would think as, as much national television and SEC Network you can get on is good. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, kids like that, and uh, they like game, you know, big game atmospheres. And Arkansas has got the chance to to not only have something like that for 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 the first game, but several games this year. And uh, and if they take advantage of that and win uh, most of those, uh, you know, contests, that, that's when you start seeing the, the the recruiting process. I mean, recruiting they elevate even more. So that that's uh, if you. That's that's how you start to, to, to build your program and get to the next level. You know, I remember one of these SEC media days when full cost of attendance was, uh, you know, and adding and putting money in the players' pockets when it really was extremely limited based on what we're seeing today, even before NIL. I remember Steve Spurrier saying, you know, if I could give them part of my salary and, and, and give each player so much money, I, I would do it. Now, I don't know if he meant that, but it sounded good for recruiting. Coaches have always made statements that uh, I think furthered or, or bolstered their, their recruiting stance. I have found it interesting this week, Richard, listening to Nick Saban, listening to Lane Kiffin, where they're calling for limits and reforms and changes to the NIL process that may not, you know, that may limit what certain athletes could make it. Have you found that, uh, you know, eyebrow raising a little bit that the coaches speak publicly on this as, as kind of taking a, a different direction than what we normally hear coaches say about any issue regarding, uh, you know, p- particularly financial issues when it comes to players? I mean, is it? You know, don't get me wrong. I, I haven't really paid much attention to. It. I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but is it mostly that they're they're wanting Congress to jump in and get you know national and have some national uh, you know regulations in place uh, you know over the states because obviously right now it's just you know it's. It's yeah. just a, a craziness right now. But, I mean, is, is that what it's mostly focused on, or, well, you, or are they talking? You hear them th- throw around terms like salary caps, you know, comparing it to the NFL and, you know, putting limits on it, and that the coaches would have, you know, Lane Kiffin said the coach should be involved in, you know, I don't know if he used the word control, but he was implying that the coaches should have some some control over the process on their campus. So, I mean, I just I found it interesting because normally coaches won't say anything that might turn a recruit off, and I've heard a few coaches and big-name coaches this week like Nick Saban say some things that uh, I think are common sense and make practical sense to to uh, to someone maybe in their 30s or 40s and understand some of the principles of it, but may not resonate with a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid or or a current player on your roster. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 I see what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, their, their guys, I mean, especially at Alabama, I don't know necessarily Ole Miss, but I'm, I'm sure that they're doing pretty good. Uh, I'm sure there's there's some guys that are are, are rolling in the cash, and, and and I guarantee you that uh, both of those coaches are telling you know say say a top uh, 
top quarterback, you know, yeah, well, our guy's, uh, you know, pulling about two, two, 200, 300K a year. Uh, we think you can do that. I mean, I, 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 I think that they, they're, they're doing it both ways. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, they're, they're, they're wanting regulations, but at the same time, they're, they're sure going to talk up what their current players are, are making. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's not anything like the, what they're, I guess, griping about, but, uh, I, that, that, I, I see what you're saying. It, mm-hmm. it does seem a little odd, but, uh, you know, I, I think you just see in a bunch of coaches that are just frustrated with the system right now. <laughs> it's almost like that they, they, they just don't care because I guarantee, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt what, you kind of hit on this earlier, Tommy. Did we lose Richard? No, I think he muted oh, himself. Sorry, sorry. I'm he here. does. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, big cheek again, uh, hitting the mute button. But uh, I, I guarantee you, it gets it's in the conversation so many times. I mean, it, it, you don't hear it publicly, but you, I guarantee you the. the you know, you, you get the parents and you got the kids asking. And as a matter of fact, I had uh, had one parent tell me that they were on a visit recently and they were talking to a kid, you know, a guy on the team and just asking them questions. And, and the guy said, I, hey, I just want to stop you guys. I, I just want to say thank you for not asking me about the NIL. I said, just about everybody in this player for this this team was saying every time he sits down with a, a, a recruit in their family, they're usually talking about NIL and money, what what, what they're getting. And this in this particular uh, father and son didn't even bring it up. They were asking about how you know life was on the campus and just coaches and things mm-hmm. like that. And and the, and the player was going, "Thank you." I mean, he was really impressed with the kid and the dad. So it is no doubt part of the process, and and I, I just think the coaches are just very frustrated right now with 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 it because it's it's totally changed the game, and and whether you you're winning or uh, or not with, in recruiting because of NIL, it's still got to be a it's just a, a extra work and and extra pressure on trying to get a kid. And they 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 being the the, the collective college football and in the NCAA and all of it has opened up this pandora's box or can of worms and now without collective bargaining now without antitrust suits now without a lot of other things that uh probably wouldn't clear the courts they've got some issues to clean up before this issue can be cleaned up and uh, i think there are a long ways from finding any resolution richard that's going to uh to be satisfactory to both sides i agree with you 100 percent. that's when you start limiting people when you're in the free market you start limiting people uh, on what they can make, you know, you know, professional uh, salary caps are a little different. The top players are making the uh, making the money. Uh, it's just the lower guys are not making as much. Uh, so you know, but you have a union and collective limiting. bargaining and all the things exactly. that legally make that that uh, that work. So so, but then you start say say guys are making say say guys making a million dollars a year, and then all of a sudden a cap comes in. And oh, okay, you're going to be making fifty thousand dollars this year. Oh my God, you think that kid and and, and whoever's representing it is going to just sit down and, and take Mm-mm. that? No, no, I, I, no it's it, I don't I don't know when. It's going to be interesting when we truly have regulations. It may be two, three, maybe five, ten years from now. Who knows? Because it doesn't look like Congress is going to step in, and that's the only way that it, it, there's going to be change. 
because you got to have uniformity across the the nation uh, or it's not going to work yeah and then they have to write a law that won't be stricken down by the Supreme Court if it's challenged because there's a good chance it it could be there based oh, on the fact that there's not a players union. So they're not employees. Yeah. So um, oh, man. it's a yeah, mess. It's, that it's a mess. Yeah. So. All right, R.D., good stuff. Uh, glad you're here on this Thursday, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Uh, Richard Davenport here with us on The Morning Rush. Coming up at the end of the month, and uh, I guess next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, Ty is the Peacemaker in downtown. There, The tickets are sold out, both the GA tickets and the VIPs, but we've got two pair of VIP tickets, Ooh. and we're going to give those away beginning this weekend, so keep your eyes on our social media networks. Hit that uh, You know, If you're not already following us on Twitter or, or Facebook or any of those things, you should get there because Ty, this weekend, a chance to win not one, but two pair of VIP tickets that got a lot of the extras that go along with it. Yeah, I think I made a, a pretty handy-dandy graphic that will be posted on our social media pages. Yeah, check out the lineup. The headliner is Zach Bryan, a couple other good artists and bands as well. It's going to be a great time. This is, I think, my fourth Peacemaker. It's always fun. July 29th and 30th. Be following in our social media pages and listening right here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com for your chance to win these tickets peacemakerfest.com for more information and tommy we got one clip on the the b bar i want to play real quick sam Pittman had what i thought his best quote of all yesterday was this we'd like our program to reflect our state the great state of arkansas loyal tough hard working one of our goals every year is to make the state of arkansas proud of the football team in my office is a sign that says you're not coming to play for the University of Arkansas. You're coming to play for the state of Arkansas. That's a pretty good quote, man. And I think that's pretty evident. And there's universities all over the country that have not just fans at that particular juncture, that point uh, where they're located, Tommy, but all over the state. But it is truly outside of Nebraska there is really not a single other institution that you can point to that doesn't really have any competition with another professional team or another big-time college. I mean, even the southeastern states have certain professional teams, certain other colleges within the state that it's just it's different in Arkansas, man. Yeah, the closest, I guess, and I know that the Saints are you know just down the road a little ways in New Orleans, but LSU, when they're really good, they suffocate that state, particularly if the Saints aren't great at that time. The other directional schools are uh, pale in comparison. That's the only other thing that's even close but doesn't fit what you're talking about. Um, but this is just Sam being genuine. Coach Pittman telling you, I think, the way he really feels. It's not just part of a recruiting pitch or a sales pitch. Um, it's the it's the expectation of you're coming here. Uh, you represent more than yourself or your even your team because it is a you know the tie that binds the old phrase the tie that binds our entire state together are the Arkansas Razorbacks and I think it's important to understand the you know how much it means here that may not mean anything to to wherever that player's from but to all of us that live here you know we, we wake up thinking about the Razorbacks we go to bed thinking about the Razorbacks yeah it's it's part of the the very fabric mm-hmm. of this state and yep. it's been that way for decades upon decades and it's not going to change regardless of what happens and it's not just when you're winning right and it's great like this is a great time for Arkansas athletics good football team good basketball team good baseball team good soccer team 
good softball team, but people are still talking about it when you suck. And you can argue that people are talking about it more because they're more frustrated and irritated and they, they think they know the answer. So that's – I mean, it's just a, it's a special place. And that's why I think that you've, you're lucky right now as an Arkansas Razorback fan that you've got a, a lifer as your baseball coach, probably the – hottest basketball coach in the country and Eric Musselman and another guy that just genuinely wants to be and embodies I think a lot of what the what the state is Tommy yeah and uh you know the fact that he grew up from from his teenage years being a fan wanted to play here but that didn't work out I mean his story just fits and his uh, his continual talk about loyalty and toughness he he used the word loyal I bet I don't know from the, from the coverage I watched of him. I bet it was used fifteen or so times when describing players, describing coaches. Loyalty is something we all value as Arkansans. He gets it; it's important to him. Mm-hmm. He uh, he speaks to that, and I think it resonates with all the fans listening when he talks about subjects and uses words like loyalty to describe a player. We know what that means. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV to get the bonus and get into the action bet online where the game starts you're listening to the bud light next morning rush podcast bud light next is for the next era beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories now he does a tightrope act boy houdini's in the house we're number three and nobody's home to watch that house touchdown hogs All right, Dan, we were talking before the show, and we asked you, so are you ready for Brian Harson Day? Your retort to that was, guys, I don't know if he's ready well, for the day. And, it, and it's not, thank you guys so much for having me, by the way. It's, it's a pleasure to be on the show, Ty. You know, it, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun being your, your neighbor here on Radio Row uh, all week long. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, it, Brian Harson is not going to face the line of questioning that a usual year two coach faces at SEC Media Days. It's going to be decidedly different than the line of questioning Eli Drinkwitz faced or Shane Beamer faced or Josh Heupel mm-hmm. will face today. And a lot of that has to do with the way the 2021 season ended, the number of players that went into the transfer portal after the 2021 season, and the January-February university investigation into Brian Harson's uh, coaching methods and, and his his uh, uh, management style uh, that ultimately led to the university endorsing Brian Harson as the coach for the 2022 season. Uh, but, the, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not business as usual at, at Auburn right now, and I would say that it's a more important year two than any coach I can remember has faced uh, because year one was more disappointing for Brian Harson than, than I would say it was for Gene Chizik or Gus Malzahn or even Tommy Tuberville. It's, it's a different situation than the one we're usually in in the second year coach. To that point you just made, I would be frustrated like he probably was if someone who had hired me was also telling me how to do my job. There's there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism, 
But in, in his case, as and I hear Tommy laughing in the boss. Oh, you need. By that. the way, which background story? The guy that you're listening to is a co-host and my boss. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. And he needs lots but, of help. Dan. No, no, that's a, that's not true. But get like, some insight it, into the management practices yeah. here at you, hitthatline.com. You've got these boosters that are like, hey, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And Brian Harson's just showing him the bird, which he should. And like that, he, you hire him. I heard a story. You tell me if this is true or not. And I know you're not in Tuscaloosa, but I heard a story one time that these boosters were coming in trying to tell Nick how to do it. He's like, you stay the bleep out of my way. And I don't, Harson doesn't have that cachet, but I mean, I would be frustrated like he seemingly was. At, at the same time, you know, if Brian Harson were to offer that response, I mean, I guess he could, he could, you know, try to play hardball and see, you know, what, what are they going to do about it? And I mean, he, he might find out the answer is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be Auburn's coach anymore if that's, you know, if that situation were to get a lot worse if it were to deteriorate. So, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the what the relationship is between Brian Harson and the most important uh, financial backers of Auburn University uh, really is. I, I can, just based on my knowledge of that program, I'm sure there was concern when Harson was hired about the fact that he was an outsider to the SEC and an outsider to the Auburn program. That's not something we've seen. I mean, you think about Auburn had hired two former coordinators as head coaches mm-hmm. in Gus Malzahn and Gene Chizik before they go to Brian Harson. They'd also hired, I mean, you go back to the last five Auburn coaches were coaches that were very, very familiar with the Southeast, either as players or as assistant coaches or as head coaches. So I bet there was already some trepidation bringing in an outsider from uh, Boise State and a guy who was a relative stranger to Power 5 football into be Auburn's coach. And then to see it uh, and then to see it fall apart in the second half of the season, I, I can imagine any any concerns that were quiet in the first half of the season or during the offseason last year suddenly got emboldened to get a lot louder once Brian Harson was losing games to South Carolina and he was losing a bowl game to Houston. It's not so much, I mean, yes, I think losing the Iron Bowl, uh, you know, although I think it's understandable when you look at the rosters of both teams that Alabama wins that game, but the notion that Auburn had a, uh, a lead in the fourth quarter and it goes away, Alabama, I think the way the, the Iron Bowl was lost more than the fact that the Iron Bowl was lost is something else that concerns people. But but no, Brian Harson has uh, he's taken quite a bit of heat for a coach who only got there 18 months ago. And it's important to remember, like if you get hired because the previous coach got hired by the NFL, it's it's understandable that the expectations will be high despite the fact that there's a new head coach in the picture. Gus Malzahn was fired. Gus Malzahn was fired because the team wasn't living up to expectations in the eyes of the administration. And I think in that situation, even though Gus Malzahn was fired after a 6-4 and four record in 2020, it's understandable that maybe Brian Harson needs time uh, to, to build his thing and, and the team that he inherited wasn't as good as, as people necessarily thought. But if, you, if you're not living up to expect, expectations after two years at Auburn on the field and on the recruiting trail, I don't know if any of that's going to matter because Auburn's going to make a change. Dan, you just led me right into my next question because we're on several stations across Arkansas, one of them in the hometown of where Gus Malzahn grew up, the other where he coached high school football and cut his teeth as a high school coach in the state of Arkansas. And that, that was my question. Was, was there a portion or some voices in the fan base or calling radio shows that said, hey, we should have never got rid of Malzahn? that this was a mistake to make. We should have rode that out. Was was there any uh, buyer's remorse, so to speak, with 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 not not having Malzahn as a head coach any longer? You know, I would I would cont- I would classify it more as buyer's remorse. In you know, there there are folks who 
maybe would have liked someone else if you're rethinking that decision. I haven't heard as much Auburn should have never let go of Gus. It seems like from from almost all parties, you know, that there, there maybe was a change needed and, and Gus had run his course. And that's not to say Gus Malzahn isn't a tremendous football coach, but but maybe sometimes a new start is good for, for all people involved. I think about Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. You know, it's not that Florida State's a, 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 a bottom-rung football program. It's not that Jimbo Fisher is a last-place coach. It's just that sometimes those things can happen, and maybe the best thing for, uh, the, best thing for the family is a divorce in that situation. And, uh, and yeah, I think Auburn and Gus Malzahn, um, you know, it just, it, it felt like even if he had survived another year, some of the questions uh, chasing Gus Malzahn around were, were never going to get answered at Auburn uh, as long as, as Nick Saban and Kirby Smart were winning at such a high level. And, and maybe he would have been better off, you know, with, with a new start somewhere else. And he's doing great at, at UCF, you know, one year in. Like, I, I, I don't think the, the door is closed on Gus Malzahn returning uh, to Power 5 football someday. Yeah. Uh, so Arkansas is in a state where its program's one of one. There, there are no other pro teams. There are no other major college football teams in the state. It is the Razorbacks. Try to give our because we know that, you know, there's Alabama and then Auburn lives in somewhat of a shadow of that program, or at least that's the perception. Try to put some context to that for our audience, because I think that's always the dynamic that's playing in the background is, you know, the little brother, big brother scenario. Give us an idea of how suffocating that is or isn't in within that state and for the Auburn program. It, it, it certainly depends regionally on, on where you are in the state. The closer you are to the Georgia border uh, on the on the Alabama side of the line, um, you, you will you'll I mean, you'll, you'll see a tremendous. I mean, Auburn is one of the 15, 20 most popular college football programs in the country. So, I mean, it's, it's not uh, you know, I, I would not want to diminish Auburn's popularity or suggest that it's a uh, you know, it's, it's outright dominance in the in the split between the fan bases uh, within the state. Uh, but no, it certainly is. Uh, I mean, you're, you're faced with reminders all the time as as an Auburn fan in Alabama, uh, that there are a lot of Alabama fans in the state and that Alabama has done extremely well in its history and, and in its recent history uh, with Nick Saban as the coach. I mean, you get those reminders when uh, when when kids that you would think, uh, well, they're in Lee County, uh, you surely Auburn has the upper hand. And sometimes those players end up at Alabama or Georgia. And that's and that's something else I want to point out. Auburn is less than 25 miles from the Georgia state line. It's, it's right on the, it's, it's, you know, in East central Alabama, um, it, it is a hundred miles from the Atlanta airport up the interstate. And so there's a lot of Georgia fans in that area too. Columbus, Georgia is a stronghold of Georgia fans. So it's not just the Alabama Auburn dynamic. You have a lot of Georgia fans on the Georgia side of that state line. And for that matter, uh, in, in the, on the Alabama side of things in, in Phoenix city and some communities closer uh, to Auburn. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's something you're, uh, it, it's something you're always working on, even though Auburn's had a tremendous amount of su- success in its own right as a football program. We're talking with Dan Peck, who's the host of The Drive in Auburn this morning. And, and to that point, with Georgia's now dominance as of late, I mean, I would think that that's going to make Brian Harson or the eventual Auburn head coach, assuming they let him go, that much more difficult with not just having to compete against Nick Saban. But by the way, Athens ain't too far away either, like you're saying. Well, and, and think about the way Jimbo Fisher is recruiting. There is one team in college football that plays Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M every year. 
and it's the Auburn Tigers. Tigers. So, I mean, when you, when you see those three programs recruiting at a, at a superpower level uh, and, and you realize that at least under the current scheduling model in the SEC, those three teams are on your schedule every single year for Auburn, absolutely. It makes, it makes those games vitally important. Uh, and, and not to dismiss the other nine games on the schedule, Arkansas comes in with a heck of a team this year. LSU's been pretty good. Uh, in, in recent yeah. years. Uh, so, I mean, and, and those are teams on Auburn's schedule every year as an SEC West opponent as well. So, yeah, I think it makes it makes those three games vitally important because if the, lo- if the losses start to pile up in any of those series, it makes, uh, it, it, it can taint every other, uh, everything you've accomplished outside of, of those rivalries. And uh, if, if you can't win those games, uh, it, it can really put a dent on the win-loss record if you drop another one or two. So, Dan, Tommy and I have been talking all week, and we heard from Sam Pittman yesterday, says he wants to play Oklahoma and Texas every year. They're going to put Missouri with them probably. Auburn wants Bama, Georgia, I Tiger Bowl. I, I'm going to guess because I've, I've – uh, and, and my co-host Bill Cameron has, has – delved into the scheduling thing a lot. I think it's going to be tough to find three common opponents and find room on Arkansas schedule for Texas and Oklahoma. I could see you guys getting an SEC West team like LSU or Ole Miss as, as a common opponent because there are a lot of teams that are going to want Texas on their schedule every year. There are a lot of teams, at least of, of, of SEC West programs, Missouri, uh, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there, there are some programs that are going to want Missouri and Texas on their schedule every single, or o- Oklahoma and Texas on their schedule every single year, at least to have that, you know, that 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 home game every other year to, to, to move some move some tickets. Yeah, it's so, a sellout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so I could see. I think either Texas or Oklahoma is likely uh, for for Arkansas. Maybe they want to preserve the A and M rivalry, and and that would be uh, the the biggest the, the biggest SEC in conference rival. But I would be surprised if they could navigate it to where uh, Texas and Oklahoma are on the Arkansas schedule every year. Personally, uh, we'll prob- Arkansas will probably get Alabama, Georgia, and uh, OU or something. Well, now, now you're now you're talking yeah. like an Auburn fan. <laughs> something, something now you too. sound like an Auburn fan. Uh, so a, a team's going to go as far as his quarterback can take them. Generally, uh, let's talk about Zach Calzada coming over to Auburn and what can really be expected for the transfer this year on the Plains. You know, I, I was so impressed by Zach Calzada last year, and part partially it's because when he stepped in for Haynes King in the Colorado game and even the Arkansas game uh, early in the season, uh, he looked lost at sea. Like he, he, lo- he looked like a guy who was really going to struggle all season long. Watching the Colorado game, I'll, I'll admit this, watching the Colorado game last year, I thought Texas A&M looked like a team that could go 0-8 in conference. Like that, That's how much they were struggling against a Colorado team that had less talent than any SEC team they were going to play this season and uh, Zach Calzada now they're they're extenuating circumstances he was thrown into action in that game he hadn't worked with the ones very much Joe Burrows talked about uh, the, the the need for first team reps before you can play like a like a first team quarterback and so uh, you know I, I think that Zach Calzada with an off season as the uh, now he's, he's also dealing with a shoulder injury that's kept him out of the spring practice but but you know what I get the impression within the program that, that Zach Calzada is viewed as the uh, as the strong favorite uh, to be the starting quarterback this year, and, and if that's the case, uh, and, and he can come back healthy, like I, I think he's 
it, it's, a, it's a question of how much better does Auburn need its quarterback to be, especially when you look at those five losses down the stretch. With slightly better quarterback play, how many of those games could have turned into victories, and can Zach Calzada provide that? Because Auburn has positions of strength on the team, veteran offensive line. Tank Bigsby is probably going to be a first-team All-SEC running back in the voting revealed today. There's two defensive linemen that could be, uh, that could be potential first-team All-Conference players. you got a, a talented second. There are things to like about this team, but there's also a huge question as to what they're going to get in the passing offense, and it's never been harder to win in college football if you're average or below average as a passing offense. And so, yeah, that, that's something that's, you know, a lot of it hinges on, on what Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw can do with Zach Calzada this year. Dan, we'll leave it there. We really appreciate your time this morning giving some insight to Auburn. Can't wait to see you coming up at the end of October for that Halloween weekend. Can't cannot wait. We'll we'll, we'll grab some lemonade when you guys make the uh, make the trip to, uh, to 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 Auburn and uh, and yeah, good good luck to uh, good luck to your guys this year. I, I, we haven't talked very much Arkansas. Again, really really impressed with Sam Pittman and and the way he presents himself to the media. I thought he was a home run for the second year in a row. And KJ is a tremendous representative of, of your school. Bumper Pool as well. I mean, uh, easy, Bump. easy guy to like. Bumper Pool. Yeah, great great stuff this morning, Dan. We appreciate it. Dan Peck again, host of the Drive. Kind enough to make some time for us this morning, Tommy. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because Blue Chew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done on Online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Blue Chew tablets are made right here in the USA and they prepare and ship direct. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BELIEVE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V to receive your first month free. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next with zero carbs coming to a liquor store near you in February. The crowd's into They just threw him out of the game. They just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ball game. Tom, I know you transcribe the electronic media room, the big media room, and every other little tidbit that you can get from Sam Pittman because I've seen you do it over the years. What was your biggest takeaway from him yesterday and and the three players that he brought brought along with him? 
I'm going to ponder on that for a second, but I'm going to tell you this as a little side note. So I was in the line last night at the Chick-fil-A reception, the Peach Bowl reception, and I'm um, getting my stuff and look behind me, and there's David Cutcliffe, who you know now is a special assistant to the SEC office or the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Good dude. You know, everybody in the business likes this guy, loves this guy. And um, I introduced myself because I had never met him. And <clears throat> when he found out who I was with, he's like, oh, y'all got a good one. And it slays me how the coaches always associate who who you report on with, like, being part of the team. The coach, like, yeah. Yeah, y'all got a good one. That's Sam Pittman. Everybody, like, everybody respects him in the game. Everybody admires him. And when you hear that from everybody, then you think, you know, you're on track with who he is. And so, uh, big endorsement from David Cutcliffe yesterday. But I, w- I would say his comfortability with the, uh, with the venue, not that he would ever get nervous, but he was just really in his element. And I saw some cl- clips with him on the sec network and he was he had him in stitches and he's 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 just that's just the natural deal for him is to be himself and to be self-deprecating and um i think he pulled that off and you know when you think about who they brought here between Pittman, who everybody's loves what he's doing he's turned the program around and the, the three players i mean they really brought as much star power to this event as anybody yeah we were talking about that outside of alabama with bryce young jordan battle and will anderson arkansas probably has the second best star studded lineup now you mentioned coach cutliffe i was tommy and i agreed wholeheartedly with each other yesterday that's the best interview we've done all week he was fantastic and like yourself i caught up with him at the event that chick-fil-a hosted for us last night and um, he re- he remembered my name and i was wow. like oh this is a this guy's done and he's telling me all the interviews he's done and he was just kind enough to to spend some time with me and here's i mean this is a guy that's one of the most brilliant offensive minds that's in the last two decades or so and i just he is such an addition to this conference, like you were saying, and I think he's going to help out Greg Sankey and the coaches in this league. Yeah, there, there's reasons that guys like him have stayed in the business, have made it this far. They're good to people. You know, they're kind. They, they remember faces, and that, that's how you move up in any any industry, any business. That's how you move up. That's how you prosper, and so he's done that. Um, I'll tell you, um, shout-out to some of these bowl guys, who, bowl reps who've been here. You know, over the years, Charlie Fisk, Springdale, Arkansas, one of the greatest of all time at the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. but um, Gary Stokin, who's here for Chick-fil-A Bowl. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I've met Matt Garvey with the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Great guy. Um, I, I hang out with Harold Grader of the Liberty Bowl wherever I see him. And so we did at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium the other day. And I could go on and on. Um, uh, John Sudbury of the Sugar Bowl, who, you know, the Razorbacks played there in 2010 uh, after the 2010 season. I I still consider myself a, a good friend of John Sudbury's, who was the Tulane SID before that. So it's this is just a good place to catch up on uh, folks in the industry. Tom, you spent uh, most of the day yesterday listening to every word Sam Pittman had to say. I don't know how many times he used the word loyal uh, at the different microphones he was at, but when I was listening, it was a lot of times. What do you think loyalty means specifically to Sam Pittman? Well... <clears throat> I, I, I'm not sure all the context to use it, but one of them is the, the fact that Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom have stayed with the program this far, and that's an invaluable resource. Uh, sounding board guys, uh, innovative guys in their in what they do, and they've been loyal because they've had other offers. And um, I, I think Barry Odom might have even had you know uh, head coaching offers at smaller places, but he's very comfortable in what he's doing and. Um, you know, I, you know, they lost a lot of guys in the portal, but um, I just think that the players 
understand how real and genuine he is. And so that's another avenue of loyalty. And K.J. Jefferson talked about that, um, how Sam Pittman treats everybody. He, he says he doesn't treat us like robots. He treats, treats us like human beings. And I think the robot term maybe could apply to some other coaches who've been around in this league. So, you know, that, that's a big watchword for Sam Pittman. Yeah, he, he used that, you know, loyalty, toughness were, uh, were words that were used a lot uh, as he was delivering his message. And it was, I, I believe it was, was fully calculated. So a couple of weeks and then practice will begin in fall camp or, uh, you know, training camp. I don't know why we call it fall when it's uh, 110 degrees. What, what, do you, what do you think it will look like and uh, what do you think the schedule will set up like uh, for the month of August? Well, you know, he was asked that, uh, a, a weather question yesterday because – we all know how intense the heat has been in Arkansas this week. Uh, it was 99 degrees at my house when I called my daughter last night at probably 8.30 Central or may, may have been 8 o'clock Central, but 99 degrees. Um, I think um, they are fully prepared to adjust the schedule to practice earlier in the morning. And the way he put it was that, you know, all you want to do is you want to get maximum value out of out of your practices and um, your 24 periods and – if it's uh, 105 degrees out there, um, then you're going to have guys, you know, that it's not going to be as effective. And so um, he goes, I understand the, the, the fact that you've got to get them through the grind, so to speak, to get ready for the season. So there'll be that. Uh, but, you know, he, he said we're not about de- determining that we're tough men right now. We, we are that in this program already. We need to be smart, a smart team that gets the value out of the practices and you know going at 11 a.m and when 2 p.m if it's 100 degrees just yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah how do you how do you smartly manage malik hornsby in august uh, you you want to have him uh, trained well enough and and familiar enough to be the backup quarterback if that's where he needs to be but as coach talked about yesterday he's too good a player not to find him a spot to play if kj wins the job which we we think that's a foregone conclusion with Cade Fortin you know, in the in the quarterback room as well, how do you wisely manage Malik Hornsby in August? You know, um, I'm sure they've already got their plan, like how much time Hornsby devotes to knowing the offensive playbook and whatever wrinkles they put in. I'm sure he's already got it down really well. But then how much of the package do you give him as a wideout, as a guy who motions in and maybe can take a snap and run a, a, you know, a run play from the quarterback position or even a pass play? So um, he's going to have to be he's going to have to be very like in his mind adaptable uh, to what he what his responsibilities are as a QB and then as a receiver. But I think he is absolutely right. What we saw out of them in spring when Hornsby lined up as a wideout was that he can run by cornerbacks. And um, I I specifically asked K.J. Jefferson that question yesterday, and he said at first he was a little nervous with Hornsby out there because he, quote, um, I didn't know if he could catch it. (laughs) Yeah, and so it turns out Malik Hornsby can catch the football. And you cannot have a talent that good sitting on your bench i mean he's got to get eight ten twelve you know 20 reps as a receiver and uh, a potential game breaker 
and it just gives depth to your receiving core. It stretches defenses. It opens the run game up more. There's a lot of usage for, for Malik Hornsby. We're talking with Todd Murphy live here at SEC Media Days, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. One of the things that Sam was asked yesterday, Tom, is has Arkansas arrived yet? And he chuckled, which I thought was a, a funny thing. He's like, no, no. And what did he say, Tommy? He's like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he said no about 30 times. And I think that's that's cool because he talked about giving the bull reins out. And he's like, it's not our end goal, but it's one of the goals to get these guys a bull win that hadn't had one. So, I mean, progression-wise, they're on the right track. If you're an Arkansas fan, don't you like the fact that he didn't feel like they accomplished what the end goal is, even though they had a really good season? Absolutely. That's what he's instilled here. You know, we're here to win games and compete for championships. And that's what I led my story with that was in the the Arkansas Democrat Gazette today was he was asked, has Arkansas arrived? And he was like, no, 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 no. We like to be the underdog. And uh, that's the mentality they want their players to go into it with. And, yeah, they understand they're getting a lot more publicity. They want all their trophy games. Um, They're on the upswing. But competing – Week in, week out, and, and beating Alabamas and LSUs and A&M, you cannot have any rest. And uh, they, they've just got to keep pushing. And, and who knows if they'll get to the top of the mountain. It's such a tough deal. But just the fact that they're in it, the fact that they won the games they won last year is all big for Razorback fans. SEC Nation coming to town week number one. I know that you and I have talked about that opening Cincinnati game, the atmosphere. How much do you think that's going to be elevated with the SEC Network being in town? Uh, just a lot more attention throughout the region and really, you know, the country. And um, Cincinnati, I know there's a ton of losses. They lost both Gardner, the other cornerback. Uh, they lost Desmond Ritter to my Atlanta Falcons. Falcons, baby. That's right. And um, uh, so they've got a lot to replace. But I think the program's in place. Luke Fickle does a great job with it, and it's going to be a major challenge. Uh, you think about the way uh, K.J. opened last year's opener against Rice. He was he was shaky in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think they were training at halftime, gave up an, or, or ahead by three, and then gave up an early touchdown in the second half. I mean, it looked good, and so uh, they'll have to get off to a faster start offensively. But great game, and if you win it, it can comp- compel you, propel you into a, a different place, much like the early wins over Texas and Texas A&M last year. So after that, South Carolina comes in, and if you can start two and zero, you got Missouri State, and then you really, really, really get to the meaty part of the schedule. Yeah, that game's scheduled for two thirty, right? If, if this heat doesn't break, it could. I don't know if they'll look to move that game time, if that's even a possibility, but that'll have to be something else that's managed uh, leading up to that game because uh, with the way it's been, we all know it can be just as hot in early September as it is right now. Yeah, it can really be that. I remember a game against Lafayette, uh, Louisiana Lafayette a few years ago, an opener that yep. was blazing mm-hmm. hot. And um, so it can happen, and I – Safe player safety, you know, has got to come over where they slot on the TV d- deal. That's for sure. But um, I would think that determination would have to be made, you know, maybe a week or two out in advance. Uh, but it, I guess it could be moved. And then the next game, South Carolina is an 11 a.m. game, so you could also be looking at some yeah. heat. 
I mean, that's just player safety, fan safety, everybody's safety. I mean, it's, uh, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon, there will be no shade. 11 a.m. game, no shade for anybody uh, throughout that one. So it uh, could be tough. All right, what's the, the biggest takeaway so far? We're heading into the last day from uh, from some non-Arkansas stuff. What what has stood out to you at SEC Media Days? So we wrap it up, Tom, that uh, was non-Arkansas related. Well, I think it's the biggest thing, and it applies to everybody. It's everyone's take on name, image, and likeness, what it's done. Everybody agrees hey this is a good thing the players it's good for the players we needed it uh but it was kirby yesterday that kept saying guardrails guardrails where are the guardrails is it you is it being used as an inducement and i think some coaches i mean lane kiffin just straight out used the phrase we've we've legalized cheating and so it wasn't built for the, it to be uh, an inducement but i mean you it was so transparent you could see from the very beginning if it passes, and it will be used as an inducement. And so I don't know how you come back and and um, regulate that, mm-hmm. but I do believe Greg Sankey is best positioned than anybody in college football to try to find a solution to regulate it. All right, Tom, good stuff, and uh, thanks for uh, being with us in person this week there in uh, in your hometown. You betcha, man. I've enjoyed it, and uh, what, what, what do I say? Go Falcons? Man, what, Go, yeah, say it. So say it loud. Say it with enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, man, well, we got we got Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, man. So uh, I was talking to a Falcons fan last hey, and night. Felipe, could be, Franks. Could be a rough year. And Franks. <laughs> Let's get Franks on the field, y'all. <laughs> See y'all. All right, Tom Murphy with us from Radio Row in Atlanta at SEC Media Days. It's a great time to shop for jewelry. Our selection of inventory is wonderful, from very inexpensive boutique pieces to the finest diamonds and gemstones in the world. But now is such a cool time. No longer are you limited by one person's vision of beauty. We can make anything you can imagine. We can use your materials, or we can provide everything. You can see the finished jewelry as a 3D digital rendering before you even start the job. Start your journey of a lifetime with us at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Live at the College Football Hall of Fame on Radio Row. As they do often in football, it's going to be a little bit of an audible. Just got a text from Matt Hayes. He is stacked up this morning. He's going to be joining us in the next week or so. So we're going to play back our interview with Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports. Who, Tommy, if you remember, Brad had KG 14 in the SEC. He now has him as a top five quarterback, not just in this conference, but in all of college football. We'll hear his thoughts coming up in just a sec. Hey, we're brought to you by Cheap Sleep this morning. The back-to-school sale is going on. Maybe you have that uh, last year's high school senior going to be this year's college freshman, or maybe you're uh, setting up a a new bedroom for someone in the house. Whatever the case may be, it's time to save money on full-size mattresses, including the box spring, the frame, everything, for as low as $2.99. Gel memory foam mattress 
mattress sets with everything you need starting at $399. And there's more back-to-school savings on sofas and love seats and sectionals starting at just $899. And receive a free Split King mattress with the purchase of a Split King adjustable at $1599. It's a great deal, so each side of the bed can you know raise, lower, do all that stuff individually and independently on uh, both sides of the bed. That's a 55% savings on those Split King adjustables. And also enter for your chance to win a $100 giveaway on Facebook from Cheap Sleep during the back-to-school sale. It's going on now. Cheap Sleep's in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, and Conway. Tell Cheap Sleep that ESPN Arkansas sent you and get a free gift, Ty. Brad's a, a great rider and also just a good dude overall. Here was our conversation yesterday with 24-7 Sports' Brad Crawford. Another great interview ahead here on SEC Media Days as we welcome in Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports. And, Brad, I've had a lot of people that keep sending me lists. They see When they don't see KJ on a top five list or a top ten list, it's like, Ty, why doesn't Tim Tebow have him in the top five? Or why doesn't so-and-so have him in the top five? And I know that's something we talked about. And KJ is, is using that as fuel, man. I don't know how much you follow his Twitter, but every single one of these lists that he keeps seeing, he likes them. And I guarantee you they're in his locker right now. So last year I was the guy here at Media Days that ranked KJ at the bottom of the SEC, you know, heading into his first season as a starting quarterback. We all know the kind of year he had for the Hogs. This year I've got KJ number two in the SEC behind Bryce Young. I also think KJ Jefferson is a top five quarterback nationally, and he's going to show that. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Sam Pittman says about KJ this week, you know, what, what Jefferson says himself. But, you know, he's a guy nationally who I think can have a really good year at the position. And with Arkansas you know what they've done in the portal and some of the guys they got coming back at the skill positions he should have a great year Brad, I'm really excited for that week two game. We, You and I were just talking about Shane Beamer and the approach that he's taking today. Spencer Rattler and company, they have a tough test when they come to Fayetteville week two. And make no mistake about it, Arkansas has a tough test because they're playing Cincinnati the week before. Georgia State is who the Gamecocks face off in williams Bryce Stadium. Does South Carolina have an advantage? I don't know if I want to call Georgia State a cupcake team because I think they're only favored by 13 and a half. Yeah, the thing about the Gamecocks opener too is – Georgia State's coached by Sean Elliott, and he was a guy that, you know, was kind of up for the job after that must-champ debacle. So, and, and we, we kind of know what happened there. So I think that'll be a not a, not a competitive game. Gamecock should win by a couple of touchdowns. But, you know, Spencer Rattler is going to go into that Week 2 showdown at Arkansas really having not seen a defense yet this season in the SEC. He gets to see it there at Arkansas. You know, we, we know what – what kind of defense Arkansas runs, 3-3-5, come to you at all kind of angles, disguises coverages, and that in the past has given some of these top-flight quarterbacks issues in the SEC. So that's a game right now I think you and I have talked about it. I'd probably label Arkansas a 7.5 to 8-point favorite in that game. Brad, you were talking about transfers earlier, and Arkansas got a good chunk. I mean, they got ones from Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU. Outside of maybe Eli Ricks going from LSU to Bama, is Drew Sanders the biggest transfer within the conference to another team? I mean, I think he's a guy who could have double-digit sacks this season. He could challenge for 60 or 70 tackles. I mean, he could start at literally any program not named Alabama. 
and he had his choice as a former five-star recruit. You know, the big thing, you know, he's, he's playing behind Dallas Turner, playing behind a probable Heisman finalist and Will Anderson, maybe number one pick. So, you know, for, for Drew, this is a great opportunity in Fayetteville. I think it's a great scheme fit as far as what Arkansas does defensively. And Drew's a guy that I have talked about all spring and all summer that he's going to be an impact transfer in the SEC. I remember we had you on about a month or so ago, and you were so high on him. And not that having people been down on him or anything, but th- there seems to be, I think, tell me this, Brad. Would the outlook of Arkansas be completely different if they haven't plucked Hazelwood from Oklahoma, if they hadn't plucked Sanders from Alabama, Landon Jackson from LSU, McLaughlin from LSU? How much different would you feel about those teams if they hadn't got – I think they're, it's either eight or nine transfers out of the portal. So Arkansas is a team that I've got ranked in my preseason SEC power rankings at number three wow. behind Georgia, and that's ahead of A&M. You know, I haven't seen anybody yet that has that, and it's because of this transfer hall that Sam Pittman's been able to acquire. You know, it, he not only did he fill these key voids that Arkansas had departures at, but it's at also skill positions. It's at linebacker with Drew Sanders. You know, he's sort of the quarterback of that defense now, along with some of the other veteran linebackers that the Hogs have. So, I mean, as far as transfer classes are concerned in the SEC, we're talking about Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Alabama having the top three, in my opinion. What have you noticed about Arkansas fans just when it comes to readership and interactions if you will i tell you what man they are they are super passionate i mean i had i i didn't have death threats last summer after the kj jefferson debacle but there's some passionate fans man I, I had a lot of dms emails you know and from a from a nice standpoint a lot of them were asking me what do you see on film that we don't see that kj's not going to be a good quarterback so obviously jefferson he exceeded my expectations i think he's going to have a monster year and you know, people around the SEC outside of Arkansas call him Baby Cam Newton, and he kind of has that moxie and build-up. And what kind of durability and injury concerns do you have? Because if K.J. goes out, it, it's hard to see Arkansas fulfill that third in the SEC standpoint. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas can, can still, you know, have that pull-and-trap game in, in the rushing attack. Arkansas is a team that... Let's face it, if they're going to challenge for eight, nine, ten wins this season, they're going to have to be a top-three rushing offense, not just in the SEC, but probably nationally, you know, based on what Arkansas lost at wideout. But I think KJ's a guy who can, can have 10 to 12 carries a game. I wouldn't go too much higher than that, though. You don't, you don't want your you know, top-end player, best player on the team, taking unnecessary shots. Brad, we're getting closer. This is kind of the event that signifies that college football is less than um, or almost a little over a month away. When you look at opening weekend, what we've got in front of us, Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Cincinnati, and then week two, you've got Texas and Alabama. That's the big game on Fox. What game would you say in the first two weeks? Man, I'm watching this. I don't care what else is on. I'm watching this game. Yeah, there, there's LSU, Florida State, too, on on that Monday night opening weekend. Another big game in the SEC. But I think Notre Dame, Ohio State, we're, we're looking at two potential playoff caliber teams. Ohio State's a team that I, right now, am picking to win the national championship. I've got Stroud winning the Heisman, right? Stroud, Stroud winning the Heisman. Still very good value at, I think, like plus 350 right now, which is kind of crazy based on the guys he has around him. But Ohio State's defense is going to be loaded, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, the Buckeyes in that first game against a first-year coach and Marcus Freeman, who actually is an alumnus of Ohio State. And you mentioned the pieces around C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jibba, who 
oh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, you go to the draft. I'm just going to have 352 against Utah. Travion Henderson, Heisman Cannon, that defense, which is going to be stacked. And I feel – and. To be honest, probably got a little bit embarrassed in the big house last year. So, like Alabama, do you see Ohio State kind of having that vengeance factor that's going to play a part in this year? I think not only will the Buckeyes average, you know, 45 to 48 points a game, but, you know, coaxing Jim Knowles to leave Oklahoma State for the Buckeyes was just huge for Ryan Day. Oklahoma State's defense was top five in pretty much every category last season, and now he gets to not only bring two or three guys off that defense to Columbus in the portal, but he gets to work with a different caliber of athlete. Different O, right? Right, right. And uh, Oklahoma State's defense last season, most of the time put eight or nine guys at the line of scrimmage. So Ohio State's going to play that, you know, bump and run coverage. And against Big Ten offenses, man, let's face it, Ohio State should dominate. I'm I'm excited for that season. I was hoping to go to Michigan, Michigan State in the big house. Not going to be able to make it, but I am going to Auburn this week. Brad, we really appreciate your time, man. So let me ask you something. I know I've talked to you about this before. Last question. Is this going to be another year staying home, watching 50 college football games a day? Are you going to pick out a game or two? You're going to travel? What does your kind of itinerary look like this college football season? Yeah, normally, man, I'm I'm watching game day. Eh? That kind of starts my day, and then I might travel to a nightcap. There's a few uh, um, hour flight, maybe South Carolina home game, maybe. But my my big thing is basing my Saturday around that 3.30 game and the best primetime game in, in the SEC this season. We should have a ton of awesome matchups. Can't wait. Brad Crawford, 24-7 sports. Always a joy to catch up with him. Brad, appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right, good stuff from Brad. Tommy, he lives in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Does not live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, but what will we, will we find? 13 Fayettevilles across the country? I, I just know yeah. I booked a movie ticket online there uh, for Top Gun. I remember you telling me that, that, that – and they, That's they why I don't like using my phone. Sometimes a little fine print can catch up to you. But yeah, gotta be. My wife once lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that. Now yeah. they now remind me, Tommy. They let you in with that ticket, right? Or did you have oh, to buy a new one? I went up there and uh, you know bagged and wallered around, and they gave me some free passes. It, it didn't take much, but uh, they understood the plight uh, that I was in at that moment. So I, I get it, man. I was prepared to buy more, but uh, I was uh, I was in the wrong place. That's all right. I was I, in the right place. My phone was in the wrong place. <laughs> it happens. I, I've got a... You think when you just Google Fayetteville, to, anyway, Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm I sure know. it's a wonderful city. I've never been there. It's But it's so, not Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, I've got a cousin that lives in Wilmington. I want to go out there and see the beach at some so, point. I thought it was fun that uh, Brad was kind of reliving... Uh, he heard from some people in Fayetteville, Arkansas, when... Uh, when he uh, ranked KJ where he did last year, and uh, you know, it, it shows you the, uh, I guess, the social media power of our state, which uh, can flex its muscles from time to time. Yes, and he was very, very uh, open about that, and he was like, "I was just wrong," and I, I appreciate guys. And Brad's a good dude. I've known him for a couple years now. I, I, I did give him a hard time when he came out with that list, but he know he knows that KJ's better than he was last year, and I think that, or better than he thought he was, and. He's going to be good this year, too. Can't wait to watch him play in action. And KJ's confident, man. I asked him, I go, KJ, are you one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC? He goes, yes. And he didn't elaborate. He's just like, yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to. That's how confident the guy is. Yeah, so uh, good stuff there with Brad Crawford. We're brought to you by Hashtag Managed IT Services. Are you worried about the 
cybersecurity, the uh, the you know the malware, the the ransomware, the viruses, and all the things that can bring down your bring to a halt your computer network in a matter of moments. That's where you need the expertise of hashtag managed IT services. They are now partnered with one of the leading security uh, com- computer security companies in the world, and uh, they can provide you cybersecurity that's second to none. Call Daryl and get more details if you're looking for a partner that can work with you on cybersecurity, network security, uh, securing your data. These are the people you need to talk to. 479-802-4978. They know how to close all the back doors and loopholes. 479-802-4978. Hashtag technology without the headaches. Tommy, I have some unfortunate news to share with you and our audience this morning. The karaoke was not last night. Did not happen. Did not make it. The, the movement died late into the night, which I was disappointed in. We just uh, ended up going to the hotel bar. But... I what do happened? Have, was it a, a scheduling issue, or did you get the wrong date? No, it was just – it's different in, in Birmingham and Hoover because there's, like, a designated spot. But here, the guy that usually coordinates it, Barrett Sleeve, CBS Sports, had – man, darn him for being a good dad. He had travel ball stuff he had to do last night with his, with his young son, so darn him Whoa, for being – I can't believe you didn't pick up the torch and carry that on to make sure that uh, karaoke night at Media Days lived on. I just don't. And that's have, just unlike you. I just don't have the cachet that Barrett does, but and this is his his hometown too. But when I guess Nashville, there'll be plenty of play. We'll go, probably go to Wild Beaver Saloon because there's one in Nashville. That's definitely where we're going to go for that. But uh, they, it did not go on last night. But I was curious if there was a karaoke question that would be posed to Sam Pittman. Here is what he had to say, Tommy, about what's been playing on his jukebox as of late. And the most thing on my jukebox, the most played thing right now is a little Stevie Nicks. You know, I love her. And I don't know her. I don't mean that. You know, I hope Jamie didn't hear me say that. I mean, but I like her, you know, and, and I like Fleetwood Mac. And But on my, I'm listening to a four-song rundown right now. If I, if I can do eight and then come back with the top two, I can get my two-mile walk-in. So that's what I'm doing right now. So that's 10 songs. Songs usually are, what, three minutes each? So he's getting two miles in 30 minutes. That's, that's a decent pace. It's four miles an hour. Yeah, I think it. I, I think that's... Uh, if you're walking pretty... on campus, we know that it's uphill, downhill. You know, it's not just walking on flat ground. So, yeah, that 10 songs, two miles, that's about right, Coach. I like it. Yeah. I like that that's... But he's always getting asked about his, his jukebox. And you know what's funny? Stevie yeah. Nicks on your playlist? Fleetwood Mac? Uh, a Fleetwood Mac is. Now, that was a, a senior year college thing that me and my group of buddies did that it was the weirdest thing. I mean, we're a bunch of, I guess, 22-year-olds at the time, and we just ripped Fleetwood Mac on mm. Friday. It was, it was Luke Bryan Fridays and then Fleetwood Mac Saturdays. As as odd and as different as those two artists and bands are, that was – we had, and I loving you. Is, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see my. The, that would have been a preview of the, the horrendous karaoke. But yeah. yes, oh, Drew's coming with food. Thank goodness, I, I am starving. Uh, but no, Tommy, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I started with something, and I'll land the plane now. KJ was asked yesterday about Sam's jukebox, and he goes, "Yeah, you don't get, you don't go near that thing. Coach, coach doesn't want us to touch it." And I just started like cracking up, <laughs> laughing at the 
right next to the podium or whatever because I'd never heard that. But apparently that thing's well, – we know it's special. I mean, it's it's retro looking. It's good. But, man, I didn't I, – I guess – so if we ever do a sit-down with Coach in his office, don't be don't be putting our grubby fingers on that mm, box because otherwise we might get a – uh, a butt whooping or two. Well, I'd be over there trying to find some George Strait to uh, to queue up or uh, a little Garth. And I bet he's got some Garth on there and some George. And um, I wonder if he's got a little James Taylor on there or some Zach Brown band. That'd, that'd be what uh, – I bet he's got that in the playlist buried there somewhere. I've got a – we're going to do this next week, a little preview. I think I've got it cooked up for Tuesday is we – we're, we're going to – you're going to pull up your, your, your old iPhone or Android and we're going to – Pick the latest song that you played, and we're going to give it a rating. Our audience is going to rate the latest song that we've been playing. We're going to have some audience members send the latest song. It could be young, hip, retro. I don't really care, but we're going to do that next week. I've already – that was something I, hmm. I, I cooked up for next week, so we'll see how that goes. But, no, Sam's been a – he's he was a, a delight yesterday, and you mentioned – was he surprised when they told him Nation, SEC Nation was coming, Tommy, or was that something you think they told him, <laughs> told him previously? Looking up the uh, last song at uh – just played on my let, phone. Let me pull up mine real quick too. Just to make sure it wasn't totally embarrassing. So apparently my kids have had a hold of my phone at some point too because oh gosh, what something is something called puppy barking down on the list? I don't know what that is, but uh, sweet child of mine was last uh, last song on the list. Sweet, so. that's not bad. That's not embarrassing, dude. Mine. No, not. that's not. But I'm wondering what all this puppy whining puppy. I don't know what they've been doing when I was asleep, but they, some, I, someone's had a hold of the phone. It looks like well, looking uh, in the history here. Hold up. Do, do your do your kiddos share the same like iTunes account? Yeah, we all. Well, it's, it's Amazon, so I think that's probably it. Yeah. Okay, the Amazon Music. Yep. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, at least you can you can know that your son's. And and it's got to be your son that gets in trouble, hey, right? I, I've got a I've got a ten year old at home. She'll be eleven in okay. less than a month. And you want to know what one one of her favorite things to listen to is? You, uh, you'll never guess it. So I'll just tell you, Nirvana. Good for her. At, she's at, she's at cultured. And she wore a Nirvana shirt to grade school last year. The, one of the teachers said. Name me three songs, and she would name like six of them off. I don't Did think she? I could name three. Held the gunpoint, her mama could, and uh, they said, "All right, you can wear the shirt then." <laughs> so they were testing her to make sure she wasn't just wearing it to wear it. But uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a Nirvana fan at, at nearly eleven. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, my the only reason I know who Nirvana is, Tommy, and I think this is past Dylan and and or before Dylan and passed you, the, mm-hmm. the game Guitar Hero. Yeah, I You play that. Guitar yeah. Hero, and there'd be all these, like, old retro songs. Nirvana had a bunch of them on there. And so we, the, uh, what, what do we call it? We called ourselves, like, the Sixth Element or something. And me and my buddies would play that sucker on Friday or Saturday nights and just rip Nirvana song after Nirvana song. So <laughs> I congrats to, listen, her dad ain't cultured, but it sounds like her daughter is. So cultured, just not, uh, just not the way you would want. So. Yeah. Well, no, you just there, there's there's a thing or two like you teach me, and, and I'll keep teaching you. But I uh, I, I appreciate the fact that. Uh, the, the, the daughter's listener. I think that's kind of cool. I bet she's a certified. I bet all the guys at school are like, man, this girl's pretty cool, Tommy. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I got to I gotta give me some new shotguns to uh, you know, to answer the door with as, uh, as she gets a little bit older in a few years. So. Going to be gotta, a challenge of mine. one of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cleaning, my, cleaning the guns, Good. sharpening the knives, 
All the scare tactics. Do a desk pop. Yeah, do that. a desk pop, too. <laughs> just shoot the steel. And, oh, whoops, didn't mean to do that. My son will get in the driveway and just leave. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.